You're listening to the ESBC Podcast Network, where the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. And I say that to because I had a fresh example this week where I caught a prominent NFL sports writer on a prominent network, either A, he got wrong information and put it out there that's completely wrong, or B, he's lying his ass off, right? And we hear these guys all the time, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly on Monday night was recruiting in a kid's house at Notre Dame saying that he was going to be a father figure to the kid on Monday night. On Tuesday night, he was recruiting for LSU saying that he was going to be a father figure for a guy. I'm actually going to play him talking yesterday. Let me know if you can hear him. Really, Brian? Wrong. This guy told a guy to go on a pole during a practice, spring practice. It was windy. He forced a kid to go out there, and the kid died. He should be in jail for negligible homicide. The real answer should be, and it is, we know, because on this uh, series of podcasts, we do not believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. We do, for me personally, I do believe in Christmas, doing some self-care, taking some time off, giving people presents, getting presents. I do believe in Christmas, but I don't believe in Santa Claus. I bought those presents with my money. Some other people bought them with money. The real answer is I went to LSU because they're paying me three times as much money as they're paying me at Notre Dame. That's why I'm here, folks. And we're here to create value so I can make as much possible as your LSU coach. Actually, it will go over better than what he just said, right? So that's really the premise of it. Uh, every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. Yesterday, we had a great motivational Monday by Jim Coventry, right? Mental health for his aid kit. We're, we're in a mental health crisis. So that's just regular. Guys, we do what we can. Also, I am an MBA. I have securities licenses. Chad called me when I got out of a meeting with my, my one uh, $20 million client who was like, oh, I just want to confirm the emails, the text, and the voicemails you left. And I signed in. I looked at my account, and I saw your notes. And I thank you for your time. I wired you 10 grand so you can come over here and confirm all that with me. And I said, his name is Rich. I love him. Rich, yes, it's all confirmed. All right, great. <laughs> Left the meeting, walking outside, and get a call from chat, right? 
But finance, right? We'll talk about this, right? This will do some inside fastball. Five weeks left in the season. We'll run the spread on Wednesdays. We'll go fast. No huddle. Offense. All the terms. I'm going to make sure. I'm in a right mood. Just came back from the middle of nowhere in Florida. Puts you in a righty mood. I'm going to write, make sure all the details are in the episode notes, and I'm going to update the newsletter. It's going to be the first real issue of the newsletter. It'll come out every three to four months. So it has really good content. All right. And let me know. You guys can see this, right? Yes. All right, cool. We'll go key statistics, right, that are in alignment with, as an MBA, as clients like that. You go to, really, at the end of the meeting, you go talk to people around the office there, and boom, they vomit really good information (laughs) that you take down and you use, and the secretaries know a lot. They're just not, all the secretaries that work at these types of places are knockouts, gorgeous, but smart at the same time. They give you good information. So what I'm doing is different than everyone else because if you have, this is a true podcast, right? We give lessons, we have a narrative, we have a story, but what makes this different than all other podcasts is transparency, authenticity, and tracking. And you have access to the tracking. We give you a prospectus, like a non-Chinese company in the New York Stock Exchange. I'm in. I'm in group. Uh, I am in group. Kick all the Chinese out of the stock markets because they're giving bogus information. We're giving you better information, better tracking, better access, right? than Chinese companies in the New York Stock Exchange who I'm in the group to kick out. But this is not a political podcast. We're one issue political podcast. And it is that sports betting winnings should not be taxed more than 10% and that our winnings are taxed minus the losses, minus the expenses, like any business, right? So we do that. We teach business and financial concepts. Now, one of the most important, if not the most important business maxim, business law almost, is that if you think you are the smartest, toughest person in any particular room, you are in the wrong room. That meeting I was at, I was probably the, the dumbest person in the room. I was definitely the, the least richest person in the room. And the one dude could probably beat me up that was in there. He's smarter, richer than I am, better looking at. He could have beat me up if he doesn't broadcast to people that he's a five-degree black belt. What does that mean? Now I know I need to hit him first and hard and do some damage <laughs> start running before you do something. If you would have done that, I wouldn't have known, right? That's why it's always better to keep your mouth shut. That means, what did I do? Big mouth me, what did I do? I kept my mouth shut. It's the old adage, right? Don't confirm your stupidity by running your damn mouth <laughs> after you've already been paid up front. 
my job was to play the part, look pretty, listen, say yes, Rich, everything's confirmed, and then get the hell out after talking to the people. So I got two guys who are tougher, smarter than I am. We got true diversity. And this is the Hawthorne effect, that whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance by 10%. More than that is you got to hold yourself accountable for execution. And I know for one, I have to execute deeper to get where we want to go. Because right now, we're boiling this down to five weeks of the NFL regular season. You got the playoffs. And you got 32 bowl games. Which uh, I think Scott's going to the Fenway Classic. And Chad and I... What a game that'll be. What a game that'll be. Virginia and SMU is the game. What a game. (laughs) It could be good. Yeah, it could be good. Shoot out. Could be good. Shoot out. That quarterback. You can give us a report on that SMU quarterback. Yep. His NFL potential. And then uh, Shannon and I will be at the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl with his brother. is going going against Utah State. Right? I don't know if they don't let me go to the Rose Bowl. But uh, since there's no football tonight, and I don't think there's any football Wednesday, I got to set her up a little bit. Watch those Christmas Lifetime movies. Get on I'm that. doing research on the iPad. <laughs> First words before we get into our losses, the whys. Uh, we'll go Scott and Chad. So our guy Jason texted me, tweeted me at 5 o'clock and asked if I was really sure on the Patriots game last night. And I said, definitely. I said I would bet more put more money toward the under and it hit. Um, I went 19 and 12 this week. So nice. I had a good week and my fantasy team is in the championship. So that's, that could be, <laughs> that could be another 4k. So I was shocked if, Oh, another four Ks. Yeah. I, w- I would be shocked if you weren't in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so, but having said that, I still had 12 losses. So I'm ready to talk about it and ready to, to figure out, you know, where I can get better and, and cut those 12 down to like six or seven if I can. So um, it was a good week for all of us, I think. It was a good week for all of us. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for this week and, and the rest of the season. So Big time, big time. And let's look at the numbers, right? Mr. Harrington, who in the car dealership all through New England, uh, was my boss at one point. He said, Josh, come into the office. And I'm like, yes, Mr. Harrington. He's like, Know the numbers and you don't know everything. Right here, 56,516. That's the average income of an American. And I got to get rid of my survivor guilt. But we've made twice as much as that betting in football games. That's why only in America the greatest country in the world. Four grand off a fantasy team, that's 10% of the average American's salaries. And, and I've already banked 5K on that same team. So I'm playing for 9K. So that's that goes into the betting payroll. So. <laughs> exactly. You're yeah. talking to two guys who won 80% regular season college football 
a college uh, basketball and then eight <laughs> NCAA tournament. You can just yeah. ride our picks up to more than the average American makes and having more fun doing it because these people are not having fun at work. Most of them. Uh, Chad Nolan. Yeah, man. So I had a 16 and 14 week. Um, not quite as good as Scott, but 53%. I'm still over 52 and a half. So the streak of profit continues. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not where I want to be, but, um, you know, compared to everyone else and, and, and uh, you know, what, how hard this is and compared to all the other podcasts, man, I'm, I'm grateful and blessed to, to be in the winnings again. And um, yeah, I got, I got 14 losses and um, you know, luck factors kind of been against us a little bit so you know we're, we're expecting a, a positive swing in that direction that can really kind of catapult us towards the end of the year man i think we're going to really have some big weeks um just uh you know i'm going through this hot effect and kind of uh just just picking through everything we miss i think that you know there's a this point in the season i think we're seeing some defenses wear out getting some games over that i think we, we miss a few this week um, that, that we, we need to clean up. But, uh, man, if, if we can get, get that cleaned up, I really think we can have a 90% week here and just skyrocket our bankroll. So, Right. And I do a business concierge uh, service, which is really business consulting, but I hate to use that because 80% of business consultants have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And the ones that do get paid a huge fee up front, then they're gone. I'm accessible. I go to the company. There's sometimes where the employees come to me instead of the owner of the company. And I have to say, hey, smart move coming to me, right? But I'm not the owner of this place. I'm not firing anybody, right? But they come to me. And I, I, I say that because of two reasons, right? Uh, one one word that I don't allow my clients to do in my business counselor, I'd say if. You either are or you're not, it's going to happen or not going to happen. And uh, my, life, my wife was watching, <laughs> was listening to me. And she laughed because I was uh, on vacation and I was talking to a client because, you know, I had the time and I had the mental space out there. And I said on the conversation, my wife started laughing, you can't be half pregnant. If is a non, it's kind of, kind of, it's an iffy word. <laughs> Either are or you're not. So we are, right? And then the other is trying. There's no such thing as trying. Trying is a word for weak-minded people. You either are going to do it or you're not. And if you do not get an optimal, optimal outcome, you learn from that experience and you move forward. No such thing as failure. You learn from it. You have failed if you, number one, quit. Number two, didn't learn from it, right? The other part of it is when you listen to anyone, but especially this podcast and this content, listen to understand first. We don't mind arguing with you. You can argue all day. I, I don't mind arguing. West Coast doesn't like arguing. East Coast argues all the time. Doesn't take it personal. <laughs> okay. I don't yes. mind arguing. But first, understand before you start arguing. 
you might not know, like people say, oh, you say 52.5% break even. Yes, with our process, with our system. I know very profitable guys who make a lot of money, including a new general manager for your Dallas Mavericks who make a lot of money and they're 40% because they focus on stacking up 10 money line underdogs. So if you're four out of 10 with money line underdogs, you are making money. I don't like doing that, right? Because it's four out of 10. That means you're taking six losses. Me personally, I like to go eight out of 10 because I know that in probability theory, using math, both systems are using math. I will say this. If your system is not using math and logic, you're in trouble. But my system that I've created with uh, Victor in Arizona is 80% in its decision science, right? It's also collaboration, which the Chinese, Chinese just celebrated the 100 year anniversary. They say that communism is better than capitalism because capitalists don't like to collaborate. So I want to collaborate in public as much as I can, debunking that theory to everybody. They can see it, feel it, track it, listen to the podcast the last three years and see from it. First two years, 62.5. Right now we're around 60. So I want to get on a 70 to 80% roll and maybe beat that 65, get to 66 for the whole rest of the year. Now, any transition is ugly. I don't care whether it's you're getting divorced or you have a sudden loss of a loved one or you're retiring after a good job and doing well. Any transition is messy and traumatic. The NFL is going through a transition now. Before, I thought it was a theory. Now I've talked to people. Now I know Roger Goodell wants to retire. That's why he did the $750 million settlement. That's why he, he fired Gruden, but that blew back in his face. So it's like Godfather 3. Every time I go out, I get pulled back in. <laughs> All right. So the NFL is going through a transition. Uh, COVID, Encore, Delta, right? Uh, all of this is throwing curveballs into it. So the fact that we're at 61% is really phenomenal. We should be in the 35, 40% range, but we're not because we don't just start, we didn't just start making picks on Wednesday night. This started 100 years of watching football. Then knowing that each year is different, Scott and I and chat, we sat there for four days going through every single pick of the draft. Then we went to training camp. Then I got 15 newspaper subscriptions, reading beat writers. Very lucky that during the off season, during the scope of my work, people that know that I like sports betting, were sent, people that didn't even like sports were sending me information, right? So we got NFL players, coaches, NBA players listening to the podcast, and when they see something, they send it to us, <laughs> right? Those are all relationships built over a really, really, let's say 1990, 88, 89. So from 89 to now. So 
Those Wednesday picks have taken a combined hundred years to come up with, but current information because things change. The first game we're going to look at is because you have to torture yourself so others don't torture you. You got to put in the work. You got to feel humiliated. You got to feel dumb without lashing at people. The way McDermott did last night after he was exposed. There's nothing wrong with being exposed by a man who won seven Super Bowl. Learn from it. But it doesn't seem like he's going to learn from it. And good. He's going to be like Jameis Winston. We'll make money off McDermott, not learn. The same way we make money off Lamar Jackson, not learning to pass the ball to the guy versus throwing him. All right. New Orleans, Thursday night. We got them all around, all three of us. We'll go Chad and Scott. Was it bad luck or bad pick? We have to differentiate between the 20% luck factor and us not executing the, the process. Chad, what are your thoughts on that game? Um, you know, I, I think where I lost it is I got Scott, who's a New England expert right there, and I didn't listen to him, my dumbass. So that – uh. You know, I, I just. This I, is Dallas, New Orleans. Thursday oh, oh, night. Oh, we're not talking about the Monday night. We're talking Thursday yeah, night. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But it's same kind, same people. Yep. Um, yeah, so, you know, in that game, Taysom Hill hurt his finger really early on. Um, he's not really a good passer to begin with. Um, and when they were down and he had to pass it, he really did get exposed, made great plays as an athlete with his legs, but he's just not going to be able to throw the ball and bring a team back. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that played into the total, but, you know, we were over there. I think that played into the game going under and um, the, it was the Cowboys, right? Playing the saints. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, that played into the Cowboys covering that line, um, you know, and winning that game, uh, you know, they just had, Saints just had no offense. Not having Kamara is really hurting them. Um, you know, and I, I'm really curious to see what Sean Payton does moving forward with the team here, if they're going to go with Simeon next week or if they're going to stick it out with Taysom Hill, um, how that finger's doing. And I think I overvalued just Sean Payton as an offensive guy. You know, I just thought with Taysom Hill, he could be creative and put up points there. Um, but it just wasn't the case. He just wasn't able to overcome not having Kamara, and they just weren't able to pass, throw the ball at all that game. So, um, yeah, I just think I overvalued Taysom and the Peyton combination. Um, and uh, I think moving forward, if Taysom Hill is the starter, I really think you got to look at unders with them because um, they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to get a lead and run the ball, and they're not going to be able to play well from behind moving forward. So... What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I mean, Sean Payton's a, a, a great coach, and to, to have his team in that game for as long as he did is a testament right. to him as a coach. But he can't overcome the lack of talent at the QB position. He's got two quarterbacks now, and now Taysom Hill, as Chad said, is hurt. So he's got the same finger injury as Russell Wilson, except to a lesser extent. So is he going to play? I don't know. I mean, he, he, his coaching ability is phenomenal. He just can't overcome the quarterback, lack of talent, quarterback position, and the Kamara injury. They're, going to New, they're playing the Jets this week. Um, 
So I'd be interested, like I said, tomorrow night, we may not know who's starting the quarterback when we go, go into our picks, but um, I'd be really interested to see if he's going to, he's going to go with Hill or Simeon. Um, I think they could beat the Jets, but I, I just think the lack of talent at, and he's missing Michael Thomas too. That's that, that has not been put out there a lot too. So his wide receiver core is down. So his, his lack of talent in the offensive game uh, position um, is sorely lacking. And they're on a losing streak now simply because of that. And is, you know, unfortunately his coaching talent cannot shine through because of the lack of talent that's there in the offensive side, the defense, great offense, just lacking that, that Drew Brees type of quarterback that Peyton right. is having. And that, and that can't be underestimated enough. He does not have that guy that's a coach on the football field for him. So, um, Right. So I'm going to differ a tiny bit. In my humble and not so humble opinion, I think John Payton did fine. The Saints had a dropped interception. All right. So when you look at the box score, the Saints had 31 minutes and 54 seconds of time of possession. All right. Uh, Tyson Hill, as a running quarterback plus one, had 11 rushes for 101 yards. Yep. Right. Yep. Because that Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick defense does not account for the quarterback. So he, he knew that and he exactly. got his quarterback to run for a hundred yards. And the Saints as a whole, let me look at this. The Saints as a whole had 5.9 rushes for carry, 153 yards. Versus the Cowboys, 146 yards. That dropped interception killed the Saints. They dropped that. They get a pick six, right? We get the over. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yep. So, so we had the over at that point. Yep. Uh, the man hurt his finger, so he can't throw. That, in my book, is bad luck. Oh, absolutely. No question. So we're talking about a 21-point swing, right? And we picked uh, Saints plus five over 47. So that, yeah. <laughs> we so would have swept, yeah, swept the board. We would have swept the board. We would have swept the board. Yeah. Plus, take out the 58-yard run for Dallas, and Dallas's rushing um, right. total comes down. So in one play – they got basically 60% of their rushing. Right. And, and good. It happened with McDermott because we can go back just fresh in our minds and Leslie Frazier a little bit, even though the heat that I get, the Leslie Frazier is getting, I I believe it's unfounded. I think he did fine last night. Except for getting his team to prepare for that first rush and saying, hey, guys, calm down. Because yep. it was a calm down type of problem where they over-pursue, the guy cuts back, and takes it to the house. So Saints cover easy and the game goes over. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, I thought that's what went down. And I think, you know, because we go bad pick, 
or bad luck. Bad luck. It was a bad luck situation. We get decent luck and the game goes the way most games go, we're fine. One play. One play, that's it. One play. Maybe two, him hurting his hand and maybe hitting a couple more passes, right? Yep. You know, and they have 400 yards of offense against Quinn, who doesn't count for the quarterback. One more thing to add for me, too. Dak looked really – or not Dak. um, Zeke looked kind of gimpy in that game. Um, He bounced the run outside on one and just – I know he's – is he having a knee injury that's bugging him? He's got a bone bruise. Bone so bruise on his knee. Something to look look moving forward with the Cowboys too is I don't know how Zeke is going to be coming up finishing this year. Um, now they've kind of kept Pollard fresh. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Pollard is a, is a smaller guy. So moving forward, you know, if they don't have Zeke and they have to go all Pollard, um, you may see a little more uh, passing than in their in their uh, you know their run pass split. Yep. Um, if Zeke yeah. does hurt, so it's something to, to, to look at moving forward. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zeke hasn't played, and when he held out, the Cowboys are like 70% winning percentage. So I think Zeke got lucky. So it's better to be lucky than good. The Jerry Jones is such a generous guy, and he doesn't care. He just wants to make sure his players are happy so he can maximize their potential. But I think he's one of those factors. I think Zeke is irrelevant to me personally. And I I agree with Chad that he's hurt because I see him getting less carries and he's not doing so well. He just rubs me the wrong way. So I'm actually happy that he's not doing well. As far as Zeke's concerned. Yep. All right. Next game got wrong. It's a game I felt I should have gotten right. Uh, I overvalued Zimmer and his kid and his defense. See with your eyes, man, what uh, uh, Bernard Wolfman told me, man. Independently wealthy lawyer 30 years ago told me. See with your eyes, man. I've seen the Minnesota defense, and they suck. We did a great job picking Detroit. There's no other podcast that's consistently picking Detroit and Detroit's covering as a dog or late dog. They covered, and they went up and down against the Minnesota defense, and trying to lose, they ended up winning this game. We'll go Scott and Chad. So on this game, who who could have ever seen Jared Goff becoming an NFL quarterback in one game? I mean, he threw three <laughs> touchdowns, 295 yards. Um, they didn't run the ball well much or at all. It right. was mostly on the armor Goff. Right. So if going into this game, I thought it was going to be reversed. I thought they were going to run the ball well because of Minnesota's injuries. Right. And not pass the ball so well. Right. Um, but um you know, we, we've been on Detroit for the whole year, like you said. Um, no other podcast has been on Detroit. Um, and it's it's paid off for us in some key situations. So um, I think it was bad luck going over. 
I think what Detroit's game plan wanted to be was to run the ball and, and just hold time of possession and keep that Minnesota aerial assault game off the field because right. their Minnesota's offense is, is pretty good. It's one of the best in the, in the NFC. Um, but I think that was Detroit's plan. And when, when the coach saw that Goff was having success, he immediately switched his game plan to let's pass the ball more and, and run the ball less. So right. um, that was bad luck. That was bad luck because the game plan, um, like I said, going in was running the ball and they ended up passing the ball a lot more. So that, that predicates to more and more points. Having said that, the game just barely got over. Right. Barely got over with that last touchdown on the last play of the game. Had that touchdown not happened, I think it would have been under. I think we would have hit the under. So, but um, man, and, and this information I got from people who don't even like football. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Minnesota's roster is so depleted. Yes. Yes. That yes. anybody can go up and down the field on them in the second half. Yes. We did. I, I'm going to need to add it. I'm going to make sure I add it to the list Colts, Jets, Giants. Um, now we're gonna add the Lions until the season end. I'm betting against their second half lines, and and they're on a quick turnaround this week. They're playing Thursday night, so no time to no time to adjust and fix what what mistakes they made. So that's just a precursor to tomorrow night's podcast. So second line bet. Second yep. Line. Yep. Uh, Chicago against Arizona. The consensus pick was Chicago plus eight. Waiting for that line to balloon. Let me look at what was the outcome of that game. 34, 33-14 Arizona, I think was the final. Okay. 33-14. So Arizona, 30, yeah. 33-22. Oh, 32-22. They scored. Chicago scored late. That's right. That's right. Right, so definitely bad pick. This game is going over for sure. I think that Chicago defense has been on the field all year, and they're starting now to break down. So should have known that. And I keep, personally, I keep undervaluing Arizona. So bad pick on my part that I need to learn from. We'll go Chad and Scott. Yeah, I mean, this has been a constant theme all year. Um, I think Scott's been a little bit better than me and you, Josh. But, yeah, we have been trading Arizona, kind of waiting for a Kingsbury return to the mean, which hasn't happened. They're a good team, man. Um, I, I think I just need to start giving them that credit. No, I will say Dalton threw like two pick sixes or, or a pick six and one that got returned to like the five yard line. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that is kind of, I mean. Well, Dalton's starting. Dalton means the over because in Cincinnati, I lost so much money on him doing a backdoor cover in this exact situation. They're down yeah. by 30 points. And here suddenly comes uh, Dalton. He reminds me of a uh, member as kids, Scott. The WGN game used to be on where the, the Cubs were horrible. Yeah. It used to be 8 nothing. Here yep. comes Brian Sandberg. Brian Sandberg became a Hall of Famer down 8 nothing Because he would come yeah. and he would just be jacking homers. Him and Moreland. Oh, back-to-back homers. Sandberg and Moreland. 
And now it's eight to two. They gave two men on base, and maybe a miracle. The next guy we got on base is the tying run, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Same yep. thing with Dalton. I needed to identify Dalton and pick the over in this game. Pick the over in this game and undervaluing Arizona go with Arizona. What are your thoughts, Scott? Plus the other thing that I think is Kyle coming back. And I, I think that Chicago didn't have an answer for his feet because he had two touchdowns running the ball. So I think that all that uh, led to we should have picked the over. So yeah. to me, that was a bad pick. Hopkins was not a was not a factor in the game, him coming back. But Kylo was. And he makes that team extra explosive when he's in that game. Because teams don't – a lot of teams don't, don't look at the quarterback and account for the quarterback. Right. And with Kyler, he hasn't been running all year. He, he ran for 60 yards on Sunday. So – and two touchdowns. So Chicago obviously did not account for him, obviously – so he, and, and oh, not, they don't think these guys can beat them, and I've seen games where they haven't exactly. beat them. Exactly. So, so what, what, what? Yeah, let me know if you guys can see this. All right. And we talk about it a lot, a lot, and we saw this last night. All right. This and Chad can help me explain this a little bit because he he actually is the football player. I'm the observer. So you have five offensive linemen. You have four de defensive linemen. You have number seven, right, blocking, right? You have this guy. He has to watch the outside receiver. This guy has to watch the outside receiver, right? Yep. So you got one. He blocks 35. This guy has to watch it. But look, look at his eyes. His eyes... Is in the wrong place, man. He's looking up the backfield, right? So what we have here is we call a plus one, where we have an equal amount or more blockers. So you got one, two, three, four. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? So he's plus one it's eight against seven actually there's six in the box so it's almost like a plus two but we call it plus one that's what he's talking about with fields he didn't play this is what the air rate is predicated upon and you say josh air is a passing offense no it is a offense predicated on the receivers here on the outside, you can't see them reading whether it's man or zone. This is an obvious type of zone kind of situation. Actually, 35 is confused on what he's supposed to do. But zone, you go across. We saw that last night, Manuel Sanders. Man, you do vertical routes, right? So as this play develops, Bam, we got plus one, right? They're coming in here. Again, again, we see the flaws, right? We got this guy with his eyes in the backfield. This guy's with his eyes in the backfield. This guy with his eyes in the backfield. 
We saw that last night on that big run by the Patriots. They all have the eyes in the background, misdirection. And where does the guy go? Right? Right up the middle. We'll go again. Watch. This guy. Look where he's at. Look at the hash. Look at the hash. He's right up the middle. The middle's right open. Same play we saw last night. Yep. Yep. Except for, wait a second. Same play we saw last night. Except, except, Belichick does not trust Max Brown to do this play. He gave it to the running back. So, boom, we go. Our guy's wide open. He could have ran. That's plus one, right? Is that a good explanation, Chad, or what am I missing? Yeah, no, you're right on. <laughs> Football can be complicated, not too complicated for us, because we've walked way too much. I've gone to 31 straight training camps that can be open to the public. And I almost went to one that wasn't open to the public. Somebody talked me out of it, sneaking into the Rams Irvine complex. Yeah, I'll, give you one, the, the I'll give you one other quick quick note on Arizona. They're the number one seed in the NFC right now, so they, they can see the home throughout the playoffs right there for them. Right. So Kyler Kyle missed four weeks, three, four weeks. He's coming back. He's like a new quarterback now. So you're going to see. Coy's probably a better quarterback for that offense. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So another plus one team we missed was the Jets, Philadelphia. Uh, we said under 46, it went over over 46. And as Chad was alluding to earlier in the podcast, defenses are getting tired. And Chad started his college career on defense. So we'll go Chad, then uh, Scott. Well, we got, we got two out of three of that game. So we made money on that game, right? We got two out of three, 66%. We've got Philadelphia, and then the second half line, because the Jets are a cheap football team. The owner of the Jets, Johnson, he's pretending to be a billionaire, but he's more like that. Uh, remember, Scott? I mean, it's a great 30 for 30 that Chad should watch. Maybe Scott remembers. Remember the fake owner of the Islanders? Yes. <laughs> he got yes, busted because he asked some guy for 20 bucks. He's like, hey, man, can I borrow? What you're the only islanders you have to be for 20 bucks? <laughs> he was broke and he talked himself into the owner of the islanders. Hey, ticket sales haven't gone like I wanted them to, so I need 20 bucks. <laughs> That's how broke this dude was. Amazing, amazing. Truth is always stranger than fiction. Absolutely. Johnson, the owner of the, of the of the jet, same way. He owes the IRS about 50 million dollars. Why hasn't he paid it since he has all this money? If I had $50 million and I owed the IRS $50 million, I would have paid him a long time ago. Why didn't he not pay it? Because he's like the Islanders guy. He's talked him to his way into this. Different than the Marl family, even though I'm very upset by a commercial I saw last night, but we're going to digress with that. Uh, I think it was a bad pick on my part. I know it's a bad pick on my part. This is over all the way. Again, I got to stop it. I, you know, I was at Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving's all about the past, right? You know, past, 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 past. And I'm living in the past. It's modern football. This game was going over all the way. We'll go Chad and Scott. 
Yeah, man, this was going over all the way. I mean, I remember two weeks ago, just sp- me talking specifically about how they are an overstyle team with that offensive coach. Um, how that that's going to be their style to win games. They're gonna they're gonna have to score points. Um, and yeah, I mean, last week was like a complete outlier with that Giants game that went completely under. Right. Um, so I think it was a return to the mean over all the way. And I think right. with Gardner Minshew, you got a guy get in his first start like that, man, he was a fireball and you knew that he was going to come out there and give it all he had. And with that coach an offensive minded coach putting him in a good scheme, you know, to, to be successful, um, that they were going to score, you know, they're good. They were going to get to th- over 30 points in this game. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and their defense like is not a world beater. They're an offensive team. They put more emphasis on the offense. So they're going to give up points even to a team like the Jets. Um, so, yeah, I think this one was an overall the way that we, we, we totally missed. Yeah, the, the guy in the Minshew thing is the huge thing. He's just going to let it all hang out. He's going to, he's going to sling the ball around. He was going to, you know, it's his, it could be his only start of the year. So he's going to, he's going to just let it fly. Put his performance on tape. Hopefully, he gets a starting job next year. Um, so, to me, when Minshew was named the starting quarterback, that led to the over for sure. Because right. Philly, Philly without Hurts is not is going to have to come up with ten to fifteen plays that Hurts has to do with. So, what they did with it was throw the ball, and he had great success against that Jets team. And we should have seen we should have seen it coming. It's one of those those flashing light things. As soon as Minshew was named quarterback, it it just went to the over. It, the over it could have gone up to fifty. I still would have taken the over. Um, had I, but at the time when we made the picks, we didn't know Minshew was going to be the quarterback. We didn't know until Saturday. So, um, but it was a total over game. I mean, Minshew they're going to let just Minshew do you know throw the ball, do whatever he wanted. So, bad pick. Right. So we learn from our mistakes, we execute, and we get to 70 to 80%. Cincinnati minus 2.5 over 51. On that one, we did learn from our mistakes. When we got the over, usually a game that would go under. I watched that game. And I'm still kind of confused by it. Uh, I think really, I think it's burnout. I think uh, coach is doing too many things. Not just coach. He's assistant general manager. He's the head of the scouting department. He's the head coach. He's the office coordinator. Uh, And the Chargers got out to a big lead. which I knew they were going to do, then how are they going to run out the clock without a really good offensive line? And Jim really explained that well, right? So at that point in time earlier, that's why the live stream is important. The change of mind, right? I changed my mind and I ended up with the Chargers, right? Uh, Based on what Jim said and I got it wrong, but right late, but I originally got it wrong. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game, Chad? No, Scott, then Chad. So I I personally was a bad pick only because 
the Bengals played the Steelers the week before and blew them out. Usually in those spots, there's a letdown coming. Right. And they completely let down. Having said that, the injury to Burrow did not help their cause at all. The pinky, the dislocated pinky. Right. Didn't help their cause at all because you could see he was definitely compromised in the second half of that game, um, throwing the ball for sure, because they showed him on the sideline trying to throw the ball. He was grimacing and he was not comfortable. Um, but the Chargers hit him early. The Chargers hit him early. I give the Chargers full credit. They 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 went and hit this Bengals early. And I think the Bengals just were not there in the first quarter and a half. And the, the Chargers took full effect. And I didn't look at the, the Bengals let down after the Steelers game because that was a division game worth two, two games in the standings. Um, and I, I underestimated that fact. Um, that maybe Cincinnati would let down just a little bit off of that huge performance they had against Pittsburgh. So to me, right. that was a bad, to me, that was a bad pick um, right, on that right. pot. So that, it was a little of both. Once Burrow yeah. dislocated his finger, you knew Cincinnati wasn't getting back in that game and they didn't. So. Right. And just like having too much money, I'm getting too complacent with yep. 29 weeks in a row of profit five complete years of college profits, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, 11 years, complete college bad. I'm getting complacent, and I have to slow things down, maybe take a five-minute break, get on the treadmill, come back, and finish thinking through the game. Because it's a maxim. After you play a physical team, a team that's getting away with illegal hitting practices, a team that's getting away with illegal Oklahoma drills. Oklahoma drills is when you take the ball, right? And you run it straight at five different people, (laughs) whether you're offense or defense, right? So uh, those teams usually lose the next week. Plus I'm looking at charges coming across the country, one o'clock game early, Time, you know, their time, body time clock might be a little bit affected, so Cincinnati can capitalize on that. And right. it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'm back, guys. I'm having spotty service. My bad. No, no, no problem. No, you're but, out uh, there in the boonies, but that's good. Giving yeah, us but, uh, diversity. On that Cincinnati game too. Um, yeah, they got out. The Chargers got out to such a big lead in that one. It was just, you know, tough, tough for the Bengals to get back in with that big of a lead. But also too, I do think. You know, the, the Bengals were driving to, to tie the game and possibly take the lead, and they fumbled to put on the turf or it was a scoop and score for a touchdown. Um, you know, I think that, had, that, that that was a luck factor play, as well as Jamar Chase dropping a, a touchdown pass that hit him in his hands and then off yeah. his face mask. Right. Um, th- those two plays could have really swung the game, um, you know, the, the Bengals' way, because, you know, I had Bengals' money line just to win the game. So, um yeah, I, I think it, this is a mixture of luck factor and, and a bad pick for me. Yeah. And you have to brutal – you got to do what we're doing, right? Because his father knows best. Uh, guys are supposed to know everything. Uh, and like people, especially your enemies that we all have, we get free enemies. You can be – the people that are usually your worst enemies are the people that you've helped the most. <laughs> They're the nicest too. They turn out to be your worst enemies, right? 
they try to humiliate you. So you have to humiliate yourself. You have to embarrass yourself. You have to see how much of a dumbass you are. Right? You got to brutalize yourself. So you avoid those feelings. Right? And you learn from your mistakes. One game I'm considering luck factor uh, was, was the Vegas Washington game. That game literally could have gone either way. We did get a job picking that under. Uh, learn from Brent Musburger. Myself and Brent are going to start picking Raiders second half lines because Olsen, all these true offensive coordinator guys, especially from the Reed tree. We're talking about LaFleur. McVeigh, Olsen now for the Raiders. We saw that a little bit last night with Shermer last night. They set up plays in the first half to cash them in in the second half. So that's how the Raiders move the ball on the real, because now I've noticed, right, each part of the season, now Belichick, Carroll, Jack Del Rio, <laughs> Rivera, uh, all these guys, except for dumbass McDermott, <laughs> are coming up with the real game plans now because it's late in the season. Games people remember the games in December for pros. College's games people remember is November. So this was the real, regardless of who they have on the field, the real Washington Redskins defense. And they play their hearts out. They're well-schemed. But the Raiders went up and down the field on them once they got tired. Uh, um, Crosby, Mad Max, because he's gay, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And because snitches, two, two phrases, that been around my life for 30 years. Now even Anna started to say him, even though Anna <laughs> is, is Miss Regulations, Miss, uh, but she's from Florida too. And just certain lines you don't cross, right? None of us will ever wear a purse. We'll just do our time. Snitches, you can choose the one you want. Snitches end up in ditches. Or... Snitches get stitches. <laughs> so Max Crosby snitched out Gruden, got him fired. Part of the reason he got fired. But as a gay man, he's representing the rainbow flag and really doing a great job coming off the edge for the Raiders. And the Raiders' defense hung in there until they got tired. So it was a game of attrition. And the kicker who got cursed out by coach Peyton and told to not let the door hit his ass on the way out of New Orleans for being 13 out of 13 for field goals with 0 and 6 extra points. He's the one that kicked the game winning field goal for the Washington Redskins. I was for sure he was going to miss it and I was going to win the money line. Woo! But my saving graces, I had the under, didn't lose any money on this game. 
I, this is a pure 20% luck factor game. Either way, if I would have won, it would have been luck. If I would have lost, it would have been luck. What do you think about that game? We'll go Chad and then Scott. That Washington, we all picked the same thing. We had Vegas on the money line, uh, under for sure. That was under game the whole time. What do you think, Chad? Chad's out of the booties. We'll get him. We'll get him back. What do you think, uh, Scott? So it took us eight weeks to get here with Washington, but I think we're finally here. We were all on Washington the beginning of the season. Next year, we want to make the adjustment. We'll say, okay, Del Rio's not in college, and he's there. The real Redskins team won't show up until week 12, 13. Right. Everybody was on Washington on their defense, saying their defense was top level. Everybody was on Washington saying Washington was going to win that division. Everybody was on Washington, and at the start of the season, they fizzled. They gave up a lot of points. They gave up um, yards, points, uh, lost games. Now, all of a sudden, I think the bye week presented them with a great opportunity to get back to Washington the way that Del Rio and Rivera wanted them to play. Now they're starting to play that way. Now they're a force. So I'm back on the Washington bandwagon again. I, I think Washington could run the table and they got five division games left. They could still catch Dallas. They got Dallas twice. Right. So they could still catch Dallas. Having said that, I like the Raiders basically coming off that Thanksgiving Day game where they played well on offense, showed out, won the game on a nationally televised game. So I thought the Raiders were going to go home off a 10-day um, day rest, and Washington played Monday night, and they had to travel to the West Coast. That's a lot to ask a team to, to do. And Washington played well. They put Defensively, they played well. They ran the ball well. Um, so I'm going to look at Washington a little bit harder this week when I start doing my research tonight and look at what they're doing in terms of defense to, to mess teams up because they're doing something. Right. Um, so I, I think I agree with you. A little bit of bad luck. But all the all the the scenarios were there for the Raiders to win that game, and they didn't. And uh, like you said, had the Raid had that guy missed that kick, we get the money line and we get the under, and we're two out of three. So he almost um, did too. It yeah, hit, uh, he hit almost the did. Bar and it. Yeah, so <laughs> so I think it's you know hit the ball, hit the ball. Oh, we're in. <laughs> Oh, it goes and weird. the color guy's like, I'm sorry, Brad, man. You yeah. lost money <laughs> so, so I think a Washington, I think Washington's a team to be taken seriously in the bet on because it's I, a whole I think, new team. Yeah. Again, again it, it, it's a whole it's new, a new team. team. It's a whole what new do you, team. What do you think, Chad? It's tough in the middle of nowhere down there. Something out. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna figure out a solution for you, man. Yeah, man, I think you guys provided a lot of insight in that game. Um, you know, with uh, with Scott Sandoval, um, you know, it was a tough spot for Washington to win that game. They played. They played great. Um, we can't could have won either way. Close game down to the end. Uh, you know, we like the Raiders and that brand. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, he made a good point about the stadium. At one point, Brent said what I would have said because Rivera was arguing with the refs, and Brent was like, Watch it, Coach Rivera, you already had a heart attack. You gotta take it easy, man. <laughs> You're not gonna get the cause in this situation. Raiders, uh, maybe Scruton's there, who knows? They win that game. Uh, but they were one play away. Also, Brent was saying, I don't know about Brent, because Brent, you, you can take it too far. I know that I need to do more research, but not too much research. Analysis by paralysis, right? You can't, you can do too much research. Brent saying that Deshaun Jackson is hurt, playing hurt, right? So a healthy Deshaun Jackson, boom, they win that game. So Luck factor all the way. Uh, the rest, we didn't miss much. Seattle, San Francisco, we all picked the under. I say bad pick on my part. This is 2021, not the early years where this game was an under game 100%. The other part of it is, uh, Pete Carroll, he has a plan for each part of the season, and he didn't begin the offensive plan. So now we know because it that's that's when I say the transitions are messy. We're transitioning to a 17 game season. So what Carroll did was delay the real offense a week that he normally does. The real offense usually comes week 12. He delayed it to week 13 to run the real schemes against the division appointment that counts for two. And he got his two. And he's right in the middle of the playoffs chase. Now, we'll get more information on the newsletter episode notes. A lot of things we're throwing around. We're going to explain all of them. Return to the mean. We'll explain corporate governance. The person who hired Pete Carroll is, we now know, the brains behind Microsoft. Al. He dies. His sister, who knows nothing about football, is now the owner. She gives Carroll and Schneider who's a numbers guy, not a football guy, a blank check. She really sounds like the Queen of England where the crown or the blue marble in the, in the Vatican that there's no measure for it. Nobody can buy that. She has half a trillion dollars with a T and is giving this man a blank check. Yeah, she's like, what does it have to mean anything? He's fine being a wild card or even playing for the wild card. 
because when they said, okay, which other teams, raise your hand, teams willing to, to play for travel costs in the playoffs. Kraft raised his hand. Carroll raised his hand as a representative because the ownership, they don't care about football. They actually live in Europe. Like the two Glacier brothers, one of them actually lives in Europe. They don't care about football. Carroll has a blank check, and Carroll is the president of the Seattle Seahawks. He is the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks. He is the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Last end of the season, like Belichick, you'll see him with papers and headphones on as the defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. All right. And he's also in charge of arguing with the refs and threatening the refs during the middle of the week. <laughs> so he waited till now. So that's two old school teams, two old school guys who won Super Bowls, who waited to week 13 to reveal what their teams really are. We'll go Chad and Scott on that. The only thing we missed was the over-under. Yeah. We should have gone over I think here, you know, the Seahawks, the last since, since the return of Russell Wilson from his finger injury, Seattle has been three. We've been under all their games. He was 3-0 and to the right. under so far. Um, yes. So, you know, like you said, they're not going to go under every game. I think eventually, right, we talked about this with the Patriots early in the year. you got to start looking to go the other way, and when's the right time to go the other way? 3-0 and to the under since his return. And everything you said is indicating that, you know, this was the time to go the other way. Right. Teams, Carroll bringing out the real offense, both teams throwing the kitchen sink at each other, big division game. Carroll right. throwing a fake punt in there for the touchdown. Right. Uh, both teams are going to let it all out there. And, uh, they, you know, this was, this was just – even if the Seahawks can't, you know, make the playoffs, this is still a huge division game. You know, bragging rights in the division, keep the opponent, division opponent out of the playoffs – get two games here um you know and, and shanahan's a great offensive mind you know so you got you got to think that he's going to scheme up three touchdowns himself um that total was right at 45 and average to total for a game so this one was going to sadly get over the average total and yeah i think we missed this one with with all that stuff uh yeah grapple with 20 out of 30 for 300 yards russell wilson 30 out of 37 for 231 yards yeah, that's probably the most passing attempts either of those quarterbacks have had all year. And he ran, right? Three times for yep. three first downs. With 75% of the time, including this time. Four and eight. Remember, it's 17 games now. They can finish nine and eight. Or even eight and nine and still make the playoffs. Make a run to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, think they, they, I think the year they won the Super Bowl, they went in as a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Here's that, Scott. Russell Wilson gave us nothing to think they were going to go over. Um, he, he struggled. He hasn't played a good brand of quarterback. There was some fluky defensive things and the fake punt, too. Right. That was the first and foremost. But there's fluky defensive things. Seattle got a safety on San Francisco. Um they didn't cover George Kittle at all during the game. He went ballistic. Um, you know, so that's I thought would like, oh, George Kittle is not beating us. Let him yeah, do whatever he wants. Yeah. Let Garoppolo run all he wants. 
Garoppolo's not going to beat us with his bikes. So San Francisco, Shanahan is known as plugging any running back into the system. They're going to have success. Right. Now, what I thought was going to happen is that they were just going to run all over Seattle, which means when you run the ball, it grinds the clock. And Seattle is bottom of the NFL in time of possession and plays run. So all that being said led to probably an under. And Seattle had a, and that fake punt just basically opened the game plan and the floodgates up for Seattle. Right. That happened. The over was going to hit. The over was going to go over. So I agree with Chad. We got to look at Seattle. They also had a pick six or something. Yep. Yep. So there was a lot of fluky stuff in that game that led to this over. Take away that fake punt. Take away that pick six. That's 14 points less. The under hits. Right. And that's, and that's, so that's bad luck. You can't, you can't, you can't um, predict turnovers. Yeah, you can't predict the defensive touchdown and you can't predict the fake punt. The guy runs 73 yards down the middle of the field for a touchdown. San Francisco wasn't ready for it. So bad, bad luck. And, you know, bad luck. I think. Before we go to the Sunday night and Monday night game, I'll ask you guys this question Two camps, right? And I'm, Really, about 80 to 90% of one camp. But it's been an argument in sports betting for years. We'll go, Chad, then Scott. Can you predict turnovers? No, you can't predict turnovers. <laughs> but, but we did talk about, either. like, we did talk about, like, a turnover, like, coefficient variable of, like, what quarterbacks are more likely to commit turnovers. But you can't predict timing of when they're going to happen no we can just predict like what quarterbacks tend to be more turnover prone in the pocket loose with the ball strip sacks making bad decisions down the field forcing throws for picks um you know we can, we can kind of determine that but we can't determine when those are going to happen exactly i think one thing to look at that i've been looking at both in college and pro is teams where the coaches have motivated the players enough. Of course, the SEC does it. Every other conference should do it. Who's hustling down the field? Because that determines a lot of turnovers. Oh, ball's loose. Somebody's hustling down the field. Whoever's hustling down the field is going to get the ball. Who's trying to punch? Denver's always trying to punch the ball out on every play, trying to tackle. So, I, you, you know, nothing's 100%, right? So you kind of it's in it, analytics doesn't work in sports betting. Key statistics do, right? So in watching with your eyes. So I need to you know besides researching more, but not research too much. I need to watch with my eyes, right? And forget about the past. This is what's going on now. Be mindful. Minnesota's Vikings defense sucks and they have no depth. Those games are going over. Mm-hmm. They've gone under in the past. Yeah. Double digit dogs in the division, right? We hit it with Detroit. It was four and two going into the Denver game. <laughs> uh the refs uh won't get too conspiratorial, but they blew that call. Which guys, remember right? Is a uh, 
Does a punter get a one-yard halo catch the ball? I don't think they do anymore. I thought I they think don't they, anymore. Um, yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do. You can't. We got we got to look that up because that Denver guy never had a chance, right? It hit the helmet of the Kansas City guy. Fumble. Kansas City takes it in. Denver's driving late, right? They Teddy Bridgewater takes off. Two yards short, maybe should have thrown it. I thought they could have scored late to cover, but that game was going under 100% the whole game. So I, I'm looking that one as 100% bad luck. Gosh. Yeah. The, the punt team must give the punt returner two yards in all directions of space to catch the ball. Okay. So two yards. So the refs missed the call on the fumble. And then the Chiefs score a touchdown. Yep. And I don't cover it because the refs made the call or made a decision that's contrary to the NFL rule. I'll take it, man. That's what it takes. <laughs> that's, that's what it takes to beat me. That's what it takes to beat me. We'll go Scotland Chad. Bad luck or bad pick. I think we all pick the same. So before I before I say, Kansas City's back to where Chad was saying before the, during the year. This is not the old Chiefs. Right. I thought against the Raiders they had it rectified. They clearly have it. Right. There's something going on with that offense that that just is not leading them to explode. He's not throwing downfield. He's not he's not putting the ball where it needs to be. He's throwing shorter passes to different guys. He's spreading the ball out even more so now. He tried to get the ball of Byron Pringle two or three times. Pringle dropped the ball, completely dropped the ball. Right. So I don't know what's going on with them. They're not running as much. They're not, their offense is not ex as explosive. I don't fear the Chiefs and think when I look at their projected team total, if it's in close to the 30s, I'm going under on that every time. Right. Because they just can't simply explode on teams anymore and maybe it's the way the defense is playing them it's possible um it's bad luck it's bad luck because you know denver played a vanilla offense that whole game if they did anything anything during that game they cover the spread we hit we hit on both double digit dog and the under which we hit the under so i'm going to say it's a little bit of both i'm going to say it's 30 70 bad luck bad pick um, you know, Kansas City at home, Andy Reid off a of bye is phenomenal. It's a lot. Yeah, it's I a, couldn't say that word lot, but it's almost a lot. It's almost a lot. It's an eighty percent probability. So, looking at that, I should have probably picked the Chiefs at home on a Sunday night because Andy Reid off a of bye is is a ninety percent lock. He's going to win that game and win it big. I don't know what is what is against the spread is. I'll find out and and give it to give it tomorrow night on the pod um, yeah, in terms yeah. of against the spread off of off of the bye week for Andy Reid. But um, no, no, and one thing too, because really, I've had to fight. You know how people are alcoholics and drug addicts, and they have to go yep. to twelve step. Yep. I have to go, and I'm practicing a twelve step non-negativity program 
yeah. and I fight my negativity tooth and nail. Those Denver radio announcers are so negative. I'm crafting my letter to Oregon State's uh, radio guys, so I'm polite, right? Yeah. Over them being negative. Man, but they, they came out with the statistics. Uh, Denver is 3-20. Last few games in, uh, in, in Kansas City. I'll be right back. Somebody's at the door. Okay. All right. So when you guys look at the Chiefs down the stretch here, look at their schedule, look at where they're playing, and look at who they're playing, and look at their defensive philosophy because um, look at the other team's defensive philosophy. Is their defense is going to make these games go under now. So when you're betting it and when you're looking at the Chiefs, Look at what the other team's defense does against the Chiefs. Um, I would think the Raiders are going to come in next week and, and have a different defensive game plan. But look at them closely when you when you're betting them. So that'd yeah. be my two cents. Yeah. And what I just said is you have to look at now at the Chiefs as an under team because Vegas or when the over unders are set, they're going to probably be set at close to fifty. Right. And the city's just not going to get the thirty. That's needed to get to the 50, probably. So and I'm seeing I'm seeing what these guys are thinking. I mean, they're very arrogant. And they're like, listen, because when you look at Andy Reid, look at Bill Belichick, they're also the head of the scouting department, general managers. Yep. Yep. So they're saying, my guys are fundamentally sound. We can play a tight game and we will beat you 10 to 3. And you can't disagree with them. But I think the fatal flaw and the is the arrogance. Yeah. Right? Is the arrogance. That's why he loses so much in the playoffs. That's why he made so much money off of it. But you go into the playoffs and those people are just as good. Uh, as we go right into the other game, dumbass McDermott making millions of dollars. He thinks he can go detail for detail, toe to toe with Bill Belichick. He was fine with Leslie Frazier, Brian Deball. I would have fired him right away. Brian Deball called, I think, the worst offensive coordinating I've seen is a high school game. Uh, I think I almost, I was afraid of it, right? I I was afraid of uh, Being that that Buffalo was going to be like a very dysfunctional individual that does something consistently, right? Let's say this, right? It's poor people sometimes, right? Poor people win the lottery and then they're broke six to a year later, right? 
they blow their opportunity, right? Or they do something a hundred times as annoying and the one time it was going to make them a million dollars, they don't do it. Yep. And I've been very critical because that's part of my job is risk management. You got an MVP quarterback. Mm -hmm. Why are you running him 15 times a game? Right? Why, why risk getting the man hurt? Running him 15 times a game. 20 design plays against Jacksonville, you lose anyways. Why put your quarterback at risk, right? Yep. And we go back, let me know if you can see it. To yeah, our plus it. one. Yep. Right? Our plus one. But you don't got this for Oregon right here. He's a freshman quarterback. You have an MVP quarterback. The wind's blowing. Can't throw. And you do three design runs. Figure that one out for me. But you were all over. Congratulations. You had this peg from the beginning. You were Patriots. I thought that Buffalo would take the gift that Belichick was giving him, right? Here at Boston Globe, Bill Belichick jokes about the Bills and the next time they'll play him. That's how much disrespect, right? Belichick is disrespecting McDermott more than I am right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the one thing you also have to think about this game is Buffalo's going to Tampa next week. <laughs> Tom Brady's waiting for them. If Tom Brady beats them, they're two games out. So when they play in two weeks, that game doesn't mean as much as last night's game did because the Patriots still will hold a one-game lead in the division. Right. So, you know, what, what Belichick did last night to Buffalo was say, this is my game plan. This is what I'm doing. Stop it. McDermott right. did not stop it. They knew it was coming, and he couldn't stop it. Right. Full kudos to Belichick. Because he took the 1920s game plan out, six offensive linemen, the tight ends were in there to block. You knew exactly what they were doing. Damien Harris gets hurt. They're still going to do it. <laughs> and, you know, it. when I started, when I watched the videos and I started watching everything that was going around it and I started reading a little bit more on it, I was staying with the Patriots all the way. I was staying with the under all the way. That wasn't going to change. But was one team going to get to their projected team total? And I didn't think it was going to happen because I right. thought Belichick was just going to do exactly what he did. He's known one game a year for doing something like this, what he did last night. Now, when they play Buffalo next time, he, he'll, he'll change it up. It'll totally right. be different because that's what the type of coach he is. But McDermott and Dayball got exposed completely last night for the frauds they are. And I would not be surprised if McDermott is not coaching in Buffalo next year, because that team is on the slide, complete slide. They only beat the jets. They lost to Jacksonville. Right. They've, lost, they've lost games. They should have won. 
They're on the slide right now. And their schedule is not that easy coming up. They may have missed the playoffs. There's a possibility they missed the playoffs. Yeah, it's almost like they're like people who, who again, dysfunction, who try that there's a problem going on. Yes, yes. I used there's to have a problem. A, in- really, I, not, I used to, I still have a very good friend of mine that I've helped a lot. And he went from the ghetto to a really nice house in a gated community worth millions of dollars. I sat with him one time. We were sitting there drinking at his house. He's like, man, it, I'm doing good. I'm missing nice, but it's like I feel strange if I don't hear about some gossip about somebody getting shot or when I hear any sirens. Right, right. <laughs> like that life's behind you. And it almost seems like McDermott and Debo are better off with inferior talent than having a stacked team right now. Yeah, and I got Jason tweeted me at like five o'clock last night and said, I have a strong lean with the Patriots. Are you sure about the under? I said, yeah. And put extra on it because it's right. going to go under because it was just right, right, a flashing right. light game. And I said to him, I gave him some props. I told him team unders and I gave him some player props. I don't know if he played it, but he played the five sides that I won as well. And he said right, it was right, his right. Biggest, biggest night of betting ever. So nice. You know, so that's great. Yeah, Jason's making a lot of money. He just showed me some, a ticket where he had uh, $3,000 on it. And I'm they like, did. Really? Yeah, make sure you're blocking Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth. In <laughs> 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 yeah. the, the IRS. Right. You're looking at it. Right. So you just, sometimes you just get this, this feeling of a game. And that, that right. was, I did the research, but you also get the feeling of the game that it's going to go the way you think it's going to go. And it went exactly the way I thought it was going to go. And that, that was right. great. That was right. great. No, was great. there's a difference between what you wish for and what reality is. Yeah. And what should have happened. What should have happened was plus one. Okay. Plus one. Run them your normal 15 times. Because Bill, Bill, do your homework. Talk to me. Hire me as a consultant. Hire me and Scott as consultant. Belichick or Carol are not going to change. No, no. Because they have, he does not account for the quarterback, and he tells you, let the quarterback beat me. Yep, yep. Right? Yep. Right. But the other game we were talking about where they guys said, let your tight end beat me. I don't care. Let your tight end and quarterback beat me. Yep, yeah. And they don't, exactly. you know, and I'm like, but sometimes they do, right? That's really why Jamie Manziel is one of my favorite players, because he ran all over Nick Satan because Nick Satan did not want to account for him. Exactly. Exactly. And Andy Reid himself ran he runs Mahomes as much as he can because of that. And McNabb took him to a Super Bowl running all over the place. And Steve McNair back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve McNair can't beat you. Oh, well, guess what? He did. He's in the Super Bowl. Right. But but I will but, tell you this. I'm not winning on the Patriots this week. That's for sure. Uh, They're not yeah. playing this week. <laughs> I have to be a different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got to buy. Oh, yeah, yeah, they got to look out. Bell cheat off a buy, right? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll do some research on that for the indie game for sure. So Right. And I'm already betting that now. Bell cheat. In the second half. Second yep. Half yep. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm 90% second half bets. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Yep. So I'm dialing up probably on every single game. I'm going to dial up. I'm going to tell you beforehand. Right. Second half bet. Right. Yeah. I'm going to live in the present. Now I know game champs are, are, are shifty. We're going to close with this. And let me know if you see it because it was relevant. Uh, because you got to look at the games you won, mm-hmm. whether the games you won were also luck, right? So that's something you have to feel. The yeah. one that wasn't, but I think really relevant, and Scott, let me know your thoughts on this. So I, I had a good Twitter video on it where I explained, right? To know and not to know, do is not to know. Yeah. I, I Minute 28-second video on the Tennessee quarterback. Because it's not just Lamar Jackson. It's just I've been watching football since nine years old and 50. So that's 41 years. Yep. Right? Yep. This guy right here, he's learning to be a passer and not a thrower. But when you're under pressure, sometimes because to really know something – is to contemplate it, do it, then you don't really know it until you're doing it consistently and then the highest level of doing it, doing it under pressure. And I know sometimes Lamar Jackson does it, but he's not doing it under pressure. Or to be specific, he didn't do it under pressure in the Pittsburgh game. So let's look at this Tennessee quarterback uh, uh, sequence. Right? He, right there, he passed it. Right? Yep. It was a known play. He passes it to the guy out of the boundary. In a problem we're seeing, right? Which is bad tactic. Yeah. He's holding. He could have gone home for yep. Boom, boom, we go. You got a series of play. You got packages. So this is a series of play for this guy. Happy feet in the pocket. Then he threw it at him. Right? He yeah. threw him at it so hard, 10 yards away. Let's look at it away. The guy's only 10 yards away. He guns it to him. Yeah. Oh. He, has, he has no chance of catching that football. You can see right? the smoke coming out of the back of that thing. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. They were watching Tennessee. Tennessee's doing a better against Hypo. <clears throat> Hypo won a national title with Bob Stoops, who's now still coach at Oklahoma. All right. Yeah. He's in the shotgun. They got six guys in the box. He should run it. Bad decision. He throws it at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? The receiver's like, oh, here comes a football. What am I supposed to do with this thing? Right, right. I, I was like, too. okay, we got to get him in practice and show him how to pass the ball instead of throwing yeah, it at that's the guy. Yeah, that's a pure chuck. Right? right? What did you do, Steve Spurrier? You lob it and let this guy, he's like Chad. That's me. That was me in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You lob it and let him run under the ball. He's wide open. He's running exactly. for three. Exactly. Lob it and let him run over. He knows it. He knows it, man. You don't know it. I mean, like, you know, that's why I couldn't coach these days. I would grab him by the the base back said to know and not to do is not to know. Yeah. And the Lamar thing, if I'm not mistaken, Louisville just ran him completely. 
He didn't right. throw many passes in college. So Petrino. he has never been coached on how to throw. And in the NFL, unless it's a McDaniels or a Peyton right. or, or an offensive genius like that, they're not going to teach him how to throw the football properly. I this, think he was uh, – Petrino taught him. Yeah. But didn't let him do it in games. Exactly. Because they ran him like 20 times a game. And a selfishness. Yes, exactly. So I, I don't know whether Harbaugh is going to take the time in the offseason to say, he's all right, we'll hire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's hired coaches. And, he, and he's getting better as a passer. Right. He he Really what he needs now <clears throat> is a, a, a psychotherapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. To get, to I get agree. in his head and say, okay, you've been taught how to do it. Yep. You have to believe in it because you've had a lot of success not doing it. Yep. Yep. And under pressure, right? Because people are like, oh, I, oh yeah, if that happens, I would, yeah, I was on a, on a plane 9 11, I would have rushed to therapy. You don't know. You don't know what you're going to do under pressure, right. good exactly. or bad. Exactly. So he has yeah. to prepare his mind under pressure to relax and lob it to that tight end. He runs under it. Makes it an easy catch. So there's people that are watching this. There's one. Re, there is a reason why Lamar has won one playoff game in three seasons. There is a big reason why. You're seeing it now, especially against the Steelers in the second half. That's why. And and, and that Tennessee quarterback, the coach is reading the defense for. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same thing is happening with Lamar Jackson, but. If there's a change, there's not enough time to change it in the headset. Lamar's going to have to do it, and he hasn't done it. Right. What, why? Why is it? Us, we bet the Steelers have won a lot of money. Why has under? A, why has a big time free agent wide receiver not gone to Baltimore? Think about it. There's because a reason he's why. Inaccurate. Even if exactly. he is accurate, you're surprised you can't catch the ball. Exactly. Totally agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Last thought, Scott. You know, again, watch this before you watch tomorrow night's podcast. Um, you know, 19 and 12 is a good week, but there's still those 12 misses, and you have to be better on those 12 misses and cut them down. So, because there's a lot of money if you go 32 and no one week or 32, <laughs> 31 and one, there's a lot of exactly. money when you've been building compound interest. Yeah. For yeah. me, at least, 29 weeks in a row, we're going to go to 30. I really feel we're going to go to 30 because we tortured ourselves for the last couple of hours on this. Right. And we're going to, we're going to get there. I, I feel because oh, yeah. we, we almost got there week two, right? The Atlanta, Tampa, one or two plays, the Chicago game, one or two plays. There's always those one or two plays that Denver, Denver, Denver same thing. Yeah. And Buffalo. So that's four know. games. So suddenly you're 23 and nine. Yeah. Yeah, and you're looking at seventy. You're looking at over seventy percent. So, I mean, that that's just a simple fact. And when we can you figure out the Detroit game, right? Yeah. That makes it twenty-four and eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're you know the sides. I think we're we're pretty good on. I think it's the overrunners right now. 25, 25 and five. Yeah, it's just you don't see these things coming. You you just don't see them coming, and that's the thing. If easily if, could have gone the other way, Gage catches the ball. That's yep, two. Yep. The, the guy, the the crossbar. 
yep. isn't greased up. It's it's dry. Right. And the ball bounces the other way. Right. Buffalo's down on the 10-yard line late in the game against the Patriots. If they put that in the end zone, Buffalo covers. And there's another right. one. So it's, it's just that one play and that one stupid coaching decision that is, is affecting it right now. So, But no excuses. And now we have to add right. that to the fact who's going to make a stupid play at the end of the game. Who exactly. has a, a, a kicker who, who's, uh, who hasn't hit an extra point all year, who just got taken because they couldn't find anybody else. But make no mistake, all the craziness that's gone on, to be 29 straight weeks of profit is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. We, we go, go for 30. We close at Winston Churchill. See action sports everywhere. 300 bucks a month for action sports. You're throwing money out the window. You don't need to do that. Just listen to this podcast. Execute your own process. Exactly. Exactly. We're giving you enough information that you can do better than we do. And reach out, people, reach out. You know, Jason reached out to me at 5 o'clock Monday night before the Patriots game. Reach out. I'm I'm happy to answer anything that you, you have questions on. So, I think the guy's name is John. I get, I get uh, multiple texts, Facebook messages, yep. Instagram messages, Twitter messages during the game from <laughs> people I've known. 30 years to people that I've never met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I return all of them 100% accessible, right? right? None of us, Chad, reach out to Chad too. Uh, Chad, Scott, myself, we don't big time anybody. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Listen, I'm, I'm asking Jim for fantasy advice because I've had, I've had success. I'm still asking Jim Coventry for fantasy advice every day, every week, you know, and he does not big time. He answers right back within the, within a half hour. And I know great. I need to do extra research more than I'm doing. I'm yeah. listening to Jim's live streams. Yeah. His Twitter yeah. videos for more yep. insight, something I might've missed on the game. Right. Right. Maybe because he's a fantasy guy through and through fantasy. Sometimes he's saying valuable sports betting information. And he might not know because he's doing fantasy. He throws those nuggets in that you say, "Oh yeah, you know that that's right." And he and he also goes over player props. I'm I'm starting to get bigger into player props now, but he throws. He said last night it was going to be the Patriots the money line. He he went undefeated as well on that game last night. Wow. Too, so so he had said it. Patriots money line under for sure. Yeah, no, great guy, great great yeah. job. I you know I just yeah. you know. One of my faults, I, I always expect the best out of people. I expect it from McDermott and D-Ball. <laughs> Double Ds. Yep. All right. We always close to Winston Churchill. Don't have to pay for picks. Um, I'm going to, after I get this pub, uh, podcast published, I'm going to send out the schedule, podcast schedule for December. And I'm going to organize uh, what I do after the NCA, which is horse racing, true crimes, with Medina Spirit dying yeah, yeah, from a heart attack, from being spiked. And we went into detail how it all got to that point in that podcast series with Mike Christianisi, who had a lot of insight on that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So 
You make a living from your labor, right? We just finished Thanksgiving, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. That's why this one don't cost $800, and that goes to her. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shaking the work. That's why I work with the juice.